0: Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Thursday. What happened in NBA yesterday? I have no idea. I didn't play. I know there was news, right? We had Fred VanVleet out, right? Harden was out, right? So we had all those cheap uh, Nets. Uh, what else happened? I don't know. I was, I was, I was, I was looking through, looking through the Twitter stuff, right? It was a 10 game slate and uh, I don't want to deal with late swap. Cause it was like seven and seven 30 and I was doing something at eight o'clock. So it's like, I just, I, what, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother. You don't, you do not have to play every day. No, no, I know. I know. That's probably the antithesis of roto grinders, right? Come here every day and get your information, get your projections, get your ownership. And so it makes it very easy. Five, 10 minutes. You could play every day if you want, but you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to hit every slate all the time. You don't have to. So I don't. Okay. If I'm not, if I'm not gonna be 100 percent all into a slate, I'd rather sit it out. Maybe, maybe that's a leak. Maybe I should, maybe I should be playing every slate regardless, but I don't. Okay. So I don't know how what you guys do in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Good morning. Good morning, people. Infamous talksuki Singh, Daniel Hutchins, Hog Lawrence Alexanti, Monster, Monster 01. the first monster. Give, the, give those thumbs ups in the morning. You know, you know me, I like the thummy thumbs. It helps us out, apparently, right? I don't get paid by thumbs ups, but I get told we should get more thumbs ups, thummy thumbs, and the ups and downs and the likes and the subscribes and the notification bells. Click everything. Click everything that you want. But uh we have a lot of regulars in here in the YouTube chat. I'm assuming they play every day, right? I don't necessarily play every day. I don't necessarily play the same things even every day. Right. Sometimes on shorter slates, it's like, uh, why why play 50 lineups in a large field? I'll play the $400 single entry or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, the $200 single entry or the $600, you know, multi, you know, like the smaller field thing. And then some days it's just like, no, I want to play 80, 80 lineups. And I'm playing 40 into the $15 one. I'm playing 20 into the into the, the the four the 20 max and then the zone $5 contest. I got 20 entries into that. Sometimes I'm doing that. Right. Depending depending on how I feel. Uh, typically it's more, more due to how much, how much edge I think I have in my line of constructions. I'm more likely to play like when it, I, the larger contests have the have the weakest field. So I, I typically am drawn to those, but the more lineup combinations where it's like, I think i think there are several players that are going overowned and a lot going underowned and a lot of different types of constructions that could win this that people aren't playing and i'm more likely to say well i want to play them all so that's why i would want to play more lineups i do that in mma also so like the the last slate uh the slate that we had in mma not that that if you weren't paying attention mma we had a slate a while ago or two weeks ago something like that with the two underpriced that, that there were cancellations and then two guys were priced you know they were underdog price, but they were huge favorites that were going to be massively owned, and that just led to so much duplication. If you just jammed in high price guys, that I thought there was a lot of edge until leaving a lot of money on the table. So I played more lineups because of that. So I thought there would be a lot more edge because of that situation Then on certain slates where it's like, well, the guys that should be owned are being owned, and the guys that should be low that should be low owned are low owned. Like, like I don't I don't see that many combinations. Of like, yeah, I'd love to play 150 combinations. Yeah, sure. And then try to get as unique as possible, which I, I tend to do very fairly well uh on, on these large field MMA uh contests. But you know, when I see that I, I'm I'm gonna be playing lineups that are gonna be very similar. Maybe, maybe it's a little bit harder to be unique uh in, in the right ways than then maybe I don't play 150 lineups. Do it any way you want. It could be just like I don't feel good today, and you don't want to play, okay, or you only want to play one lineup. It's perfectly fine. Right. Hug Lauren says these days I take off one to two days every week to keep a better balance with the family. Yeah. Why not? You don't have to play every day, like during baseball season or something like that, like, uh, like a lot of times during football season, I won't I won't play NBA or MLB, depending on what season, you know, what, what part of the season while football is. On. Right. So I'm not playing the 6 p.m. at night NBA slate on a football. slate so, because I've already put in all my mental energy into football. I'm done. A lot of times I don't play the Sunday night showdown. So I'm done. I'm done. I've, I've woken up early, built my lineups. I've I've watched red zone all day. I I, am done with football. I I, I don't, I don't need the showdown on Sunday as well. Sometimes I do that. then sometimes I don't play MLB on, on Sunday mornings. Right. I just want to sleep in maybe, especially on on Sundays for MLB. You'll have, uh, you know, people have time, time off right, they'll, they'll sit the, the starting catcher, so, you know, Bryce Harper gets a day off, you know, and those types of Sundays. Uh, we, sometimes we don't get the lineups for the Sundays, you know, it's, it's 12, it's 12.40 and we still don't have like the 3 p.m. game lineups. It's like, do I want to deal with this? So I, I could just take Sunday off. I could just slide, I could sleep until noon and not worry about it, right? So there's no reason why you can't do that. So I don't mind taking, I don't mind taking days off from different sports, from different, whatever. You don't have to play every contest. Uh, let's see. Toby Harris missed today's shoot-around, uh, but he will play Thursday. Okay. We only got a two-game slate today. Uh, I don't know what to talk about yesterday. I, I, I really don't know what what happened. I don't know what was going on. Looks like you needed Lamella Ball. Looks like you needed Franz Wagner. Jalen Brunson, he was low-owned. Jacob Pirtle, Terrence Mann, John Morant. Got those big body Keldon Johnson put up a decent score at low ownership? Who are the duds? We can take a look at the duds. It was well, Patty Mills wasn't a dud. He had more than zero points. I mean, we don't have an updated point total on Brooklyn, apparently. But who didn't Jokic put up zero point? No, that that that's obviously that's that's not possible. I don't think he needed Jokic. I think Jokic put only put up like fifty something points. And he didn't need him, right? I guess I guess some of this stuff has to be updated. They haven't updated it this morning. Devin, Devin in the chat says one does not simply not play an MLB slate. I think out of, out of all the sports, MLB is the most likely one that I don't mind playing regardless. Like that. I, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need that much time. I don't need anything. Like I could show, I could show up 15 minutes before any MLB slate and build competitive lines. Right. Like I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind it that much, and and you don't have to worry about late swap as much. Occasionally, yes. Oh, this guy is oh, not going to be in the lineup. He's scratched. You have to replace him or something. Sometimes with the pitchers. Sometimes so the pitcher is expected to start and it's not. There's going to be a bullpen game. Occasionally, you get that. But for the most part, I could you know if I I could show up to any MLB slate. But those Sunday slates, the, those those are the weird ones right? Do, would I rather sleep in or play the MLB slate? Like when they're at night, I don't care, right? Or sometimes I had those those Wednesday slates or Thursday slates where there's like, you know, it's a four-game slate at 1 p.m., and then it's like a three-game slate at 4 p.m., and then seven o'clock, there's like six games, and it's like, do you have to play all three slates? Do you have to? And a lot of times on this show, we'll build lineups for the 1 p.m. slate. It's like, okay, let's let's see what's going on. For the 1 p.m. slate. And then, you know, seven o'clock comes around. I could, I could, okay. What teams are going to, so what pitchers, what teams am I going to stack? Build me 20 lineups, build me 40 lineups, build me 150 lineups, whatever it is. Like, it's not that bad. It's much easier to do that. NBA, like, you, you have to be around. Like, yesterday, it's like seven o'clock. You have to be, you, obviously, you're building lineups before that. It's 6 30, six o'clock. Then until the 10, 10 30 games start, you're, you have to be somewhat focused on what the hell is going on. MLB, not so much. MLB, other than some of the West Coast lineups, the Angels sometimes, the Dodgers may not have their lineup in, the Giants. But once they once all the lineups are in, it's like by pretty much by 7:30, you could just you could walk away. You, you don't have to do anything. You have to do you don't have to do anything. And they, the the types of lineups constructions that you're making in MLB are stack related. So you know, you're not switching out one-offs. You're not, you so much easier to just say what stacks are under owned what stacks are over on pictures, you know, and just kind of poop out some lines. Uh, let's see. Right. Daniel Hutchins says in MLB, the late swapping is relatively low stakes for the most part. And I've learned to skip the MLB slates with more than a few hours Delta between the first and last game start time. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about. It. You don't have to like. Oh, the Dodgers are go- the Dodgers are going to go under own, but we don't have their lineup, right? And then next thing you know, you know, instead of uh, instead of uh, Will Smith being in a catcher, you had Austin Barnes and Chris Taylor's in instead of someone else, and then you have to start, you know, switching out all your lineups. But most of the time, it's fine. And a lot of time, ta- and a lot of times, yeah, De- Devin's right. Uh, you can almost get away with not swapping someone out if they're just not in the starting nine. I've had well, I don't know about doing that. He said he's had when he's had random pitching uh, has more more points than the guy that started with. I think i'm I'm not necessarily into that, but I think leaving money on the table in MLB is much more viable because of the kind of more binary outcomes of players. MLB leaving money on the table, typically money equals production, salary. that you'd rather spend the you, you don't want to leave four thousand on the table because the guy that that's 4,000 more expensive on raw points wise is going to probably score more, even if he, even if he's overpriced, you're playing a $4,000 guy or an $8,000 guy, the $4,000 guy could go, you know, six X for 24 points, the $8,000 guy could go four X and have more, but have more points, 32 points. So you'd rather spend the money in baseball. Baseball, if it's worst-case scenario, it's like, oh, Will Smith isn't in. Will Smith is uh, 4600 a catcher, and Austin Barnes is 3200 And it's like, oh, well, now I have $1,400 left over to spend. You could just global replace. And I don't think you're not really giving up much if you don't, if you don't want to. Because, you know, well, I'm going to spend another $1,400 at what? At my one-off outfielder? Well, the one that's going from, uh, what, a $4,200 one-off to a $5,600 one-off. Who would be a better player? It's like going from like a, like a Verdugo, Alex Verdugo, to Juan Soto. It's like on any day Juan Soto could have zero points, three points, and Alex Verdugo could have two home runs. So like the price difference doesn't matter that much. You're not making necessarily those types of swaps if you don't want to. Daniel Hodgins says MLB is so civil, civilized, and NBA is for effing barbarians. <laughs> right, barbarians. But tonight we got tonight we got uh, we got a two game slate with the start times two and a half hours apart. I don't think we got well. We got the Patrick. Be- is Patrick Beverly going to play? We still got to figure out that Patrick Beverly. Jalen Noel. Is he going to play? I had him in lineups before, and then I, pl- I had to play Noel instead. And then it's not like now he's questionable. But looking at the current projections, let me put in all. I mean, essentially, Embiid is going to be, like, not so owned, right? And Patrick Beverly, 91% projected owned, assuming that he plays. Tobias Harris. So, I mean, it's going to be mostly Philadelphia, Minnesota type of of lineups. Looks like. Not not many Lakers, right? Because Davis is back, but not playing all the minutes. He's got Westbrook there, right? Clay's back for the Warriors, but he's not playing, like, all the minutes. I think on two game slates, it's worthwhile to like that. This is maybe when you're more likely to use the stacks tool. Like, if you want to play, if you want to play for like, like one game goes to double overtime and the other game gets a blowout or something, if you want to do something like that, like I could see doing, like, I'm going to play because you have to play three teams, right? You can't just play two teams. So you can play like four from one side and three from the other side, right? And you do that in 100% of your lineups. Now, if you do it this way, it's going to give you the best rejected line. I'm assuming we're going to get a lot of min- Philadelphia. You're not going to get like four Lakers in your lineups in any of these lineups. If we do, let's say, let's say, let's say we do 40 lineups, right? If we do 40 lineups, I'm going to put, I'm going to even drop the salary down to like 47,000. So you don't necessarily need to spend all your salary, especially playing large field, you know, you, you still have some duplication issues. Number of unique players, right? We go through here. And let's say we do that. We do like four, three type. If you wanted, if you want to do it this way, you want to play seven players from one game and then one player from the other game. So we build 40 lineups like this. What do they look like? Okay. So you're getting right one, two, three, four. Okay. Are we even getting them? Let's see. One, two, three, one, two, three. I mean, can it even fit in? I think maybe that's the problem because here's a four. Now, this is in four, three. What, what, what am I doing wrong here? Right? Any four? Oh, I have to enable this. Okay. Oh, that, there. That was the problem, right? To try to get seven players from one game in your lineups. Who knows what seven? Who knows? I'm just looking. I'm just trying to see. So here we go. So there's basically here's Minnesota. Golden State. And then you get Tobias Harris from the Philly Lakers game. Obviously, you can be sacrificing projection for doing this. So here we get Philadelphia. Do we get do we get anything from the do we get Philadelphia Lakers? It's just because the Lakers don't project well. That's why we're not like if we don't force them in, we're not going to be getting. Like, look, is there any lineups towards like four Phillies, four Phillies, four 76ers? And three lakers, Avery Bradley. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not going to get many lakers in here. Stanley Johnson as a one-off. So what do those lineups look like? So if we split these out, Okay? So let's say we do this. We do 50%, we add another one. We do it we do it by team. So we're going to do 4-3 any any it doesn't matter 50-50. And we do this is one game. And this is the other game. So what this is going to have now, this is going to force 50% of the lineups to be the other game, at least. Right? If we did it all 100% on all the teams, it'll be like, well, whatever projects the best. And it turns out the Minnesota Golden State game projects the best when you're trying to jam in seven players from the same game. Now this is going to force it that 50% of my lineups have to be Lakers 76ers, 4-3. So let's see what those lineups even look like right right So we got 260 is the top lineup that like stacks the the Minnesota Golden State game but let's try to find okay so we've got 260 here I'm assuming we can get we're gonna get like 20 lineups up before we even get to the first of the other game two so okay here's 260 oh 254. okay so not that not that as dramatic as I thought and then you use Patrick Beverly as the one-off from the other game Using LeBron, Anthony, Howard. Then you use Tyball, Corkvis, Harris, and Beat. Right? Okay, so there's one lineup like that. Here's 251. And you're using like all backups, right? Anthony, Bradley, Monk. This would be more like a Philadelphia blowout. Right. But you can make lineups like this. I mean, on a two game slate, this is more in line of how you should be thinking. One game, dud, the other game, great. And maybe you don't do maybe you don't do four three, maybe do three, three, maybe three. I mean, maybe try different combinations. But I think on two game slates, more likely, if we see, if we go by just the pure optimal, right? We see Philadelphia, one, two, three, four, and Minnesota. Right? You get four Philly, two Minnesota, assuming Beverly plays, and two Golden State. Not much, not not many the Lakers, obviously. They project the worst. Out of the bunch for their prices, but it's like if you're going to play four 76 76ers, like there's going to be people that are going to be playing a lot of sixers without Lakers, and then there may be people that are playing multiple Timberwolves without Warriors. So maybe the way to get more unique is to combine those together, even if you obviously have to sacrifice projection to do so. So the top projected lineup by doing this, just pure optimal is two sixty eight. But remember, it's a two-game slate. If you're playing a large field contest, you're gonna have to drop a lot of projection to start getting different. So I wouldn't mind on this slate dropping 30 points in projection. Because you're pretty much you're you're playing you're playing for blowout type of situations. One game is good, the other game sucks. Or both games blow out and you have the winning teams on both teams. Right. You could do the I'm gonna play the Sixers and the Timberwolves, and then barely from anyone on the other side of the games. Those are the two winning teams that put up big scores and the other side of the game sucks. And by the fourth quarter, the backup spread. You could do that. But that's how I would think about it in two-game slates. And in large field, caring more about like uniqueness than, than projection would matter more. Oh, let's see, go through the YouTube chat. Daniel says, on the two-game slate, the questionables become so much more critical Unfortunately, Beverly's in the late game. That's correct, especially since he's going to project well, right? And he's cheap. So, like, in the late game, if you don't play him, if he's out, obviously you could plug in Noel if Noel plays. But the guys underneath him, like, you put in Malik Beasley, You'll need a guard spot. It'll, these are these will be guard spots. So Gary Payton. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of guys underneath him that aren't even going to play 20 minutes. But if you're leaving money on the table, like then you could just go up to like Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole or something like that. Not every lineup you're going to be spending 50k. You could you could you could leave two thousand, three thousand on the table for this for this slate. Right? says that's usually how I attack two-game NFL slates more likely to onslaught the better game, right? You play seven guys from one game, and obviously you need one guy from the other game, right? That's still a thing on draftings, right? You have to play three te- th- players from three teams. You can't just play two teams in the same line. You can't go 4-4. Four, four. If that's the case, then you just do play, all eight, eight players from one game and no one from the other game. You could do that also. If, if you, I don't think you're allowed to do and then you don't have to necessarily worry about negative correlations like i think on two game slates it's, the opportunity cost is low because there aren't any options and a lot of people don't do it right it's like oh how do you play the center and the backup center well not many people are going to not many people are going to do it because they're used to not doing it but at their prices maybe that is optimal That get you more unique i'm not going to play the point guard and the backup point guard like why not dana hutchins says i think it's just two games on dk So as long as you play players from two different games, so I could play. So that still doesn't mean you can't, you can't stack the game for four. So you can play four, you can play four Sixers, four Timberwolves and it's two teams, but it's two separate games. I typically don't play NBA slates if it is small. So like, I I don't, I I don't get into the situation. Typically I'm building, you're you're, you're putting three teams in. That's, That's as far as I remember. And you have to do that for soccer. Right. So I'm used to that for soccer. You have to play, you have to play even on a two game slate. You have to play three teams. So I don't know. What are we going to what are we going to do for uh, for tonight's two game slate? who knows what's going to happen? Right. We may get the Beverly News early. Maybe Embiid sits. Right. It'll be one of those games like oh, Embiid sits for no apparent reason. Toby Harris is expected to play, but he doesn't. Right. Someone so, someone's out, not even on the report. Curry sits for no reason. I mean, we don't it's NBA. We have no idea. <sighs> so what else you, what, what else is new in the YouTube chat? It'll really be a short show today. What else, what else can we talk about? It's a two-game slate. Programming note, by the way, tomorrow no show. There's no show tomorrow. I will be headed to St. Louis tomorrow. will be there for the weekend. So there will be no show tomorrow morning. But tonight, if you're a Grinders Premium member, and you can do that by clicking on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Uh, if you're in the Discord, which you should be, I have my own channel in there. I have my own dedicated channel in the Discord for you, for premium members. Blenders Game Theory. And you can, We can talk about whatever you want there. I'm, I'm I'm in there to answer anything. So you post something, I answer. And then all the people chime in. We have discussions. And we also do group coaching. So a lot of people have always asked me, like they they buy the Theory of DFS course, right? You can get a theoryofdfs.com. And like, do you do private coaching? And I say, I never. I always say no, because I don't. I don't see a reason why. That why would you need it? I do this show every day, mostly. I have a course that here's all the concepts. Here's explains everything. I don't know what I would be telling you. That's you know that you need that, that. Oh, here's an hour of my time for X amount of dollars. I feel like I'm taking something from you, right? But a lot of people need a little bit. A little bit of handholding. They like discussing stuff like that. They don't have anyone else that they know to discuss stuff and maybe it's easier for them to understand and and have someone critique their process or something something or other. So that's why in in the Blenders Game Theory channel, I'm offering, you know, basically private coaching in a group setting for no extra cost, no nothing, right? So it's kind of like this show, but you get to talk to me, you get the one-on-one time To talk to me, I don't, am I special that it's worth it to do? I don't think so. But some people, but people like it. So every week or so, different times of the day, I always move it around just so it hits as many people. You just join the Zoom, right? We have anywhere from 20 to 60. I think we've had 80 in there. It's like an hour or two. And you can just get on video with me and what do you want to talk about? A lot of people share their screens and go, I have this process. I'm doing this. Here are my lineups for this thing. And I ask whatever the hell they want. Whatever the hell you want. Whatever whatever is on your mind, whatever is part of your game, your play. We go through people's roto trackers, stuff like that. So if you join as a premium member, you you get that. And tonight, 8 o'clock, p.m. Eastern, we're having another Discord coaching call. And I always post a form in there. There's a form in the Blenders Game Theory channel. Where you just sign your name up if you want to talk via video on those calls, just so I know. Because I'm not going to, I'm not going go to Zoom and have everyone on eighty people on video and audio. It'll be chaos. So it's like if you if you want if you want to talk and chat and whatever, just sign up on that form so I know who to unmute and who to start video on. We've done a whole bunch of them, right? I think we've done five so far. People get a lot out of it. People love them. Sometimes people are shy and don't want to talk. But the one, the ones that take advantage of it say that they're, there's the can't believe this is part of the roto grinder subscription. It doesn't cost extra and nothing. I don't see the I don't I don't see the reason why it should personally. I think you should be able to get everything from this show, from my course, from all the content we have anyway. So it's a little extra extra value added for some odd reason you want to talk to me. For some odd reason, I'm not special. So if you want to join, join, join the call tonight. A much nicer, much nicer on the Zoom calls than, than than this show a little bit, a little bit, a little bit nicer. And, and those Zoom calls they're not recorded. So, so some people have asked, it's like, oh, I've I've missed them. Can is there a, is there a replay? No replay. And that, that's not me not being nice. Oh oh oh, you say so you why well, you don't want to record them or no? It's just people are people that are subscribers to Roto-Grinders are giving out personal information of theirs. And unlike me, I don't mind being transparent. I don't mind being, there is everything of mine. I don't, I don't mind. But some people don't like talking in front of other people. We are, we have a close-knit group there already, but it's like, oh, well, this is going to be posted on the Roto-Grinders YouTube channel, which has a hundred thousand subscribers or whatever. And people will watch and they'll, oh, six months from now, someone will be, oh, I saw your video and you're, you're, you're a bad player or something, whatever, whatever it is. These aren't people that like living in public necessarily, so that's why we don't record anything. So as if it, whatever whatever's in the Zoom stays in the Zoom, <clears throat> well, you could always come in and listen. I mean, if you're a Roto-Grinders member, premium subscriber, you don't want to talk via audio and video. You could always just just watch. It's a group setting. It's like going it's like going to an AA meeting in a, in a way, right? You don't have to talk. people are there. You can just listen. Right? Monster says, "I find it helpful to listen into the Zoom calls." Sometimes I come away thinking of things differently. I wouldn't have thought to ask. Okay, well, that's good. Alfonso Rigel. Hey, Blender, I have a player pool question. Okay, the answer is going to be whatever the hell you want. I, I didn't even read the rest of the question. Any player is viable. So talk, we're, we're looking about lineups. But he says on large slates, nine plus games, have you said many times to hack down the pool using RGV as one way to start? What else should we look at? You don't have to. You don't have to you don't have to do that i do that for it's easier to do it that way then end up with a player with a, a player that you know that has a poor projection in a lineup that it's like a lot of times i don't like playing lineups i i prefer to play diverse lineups rather than lineups that are extremely chalk but have one person in it that is like wildly different Right. So you're playing a chalk cash lineup with seven players. And then you have one guy that's projected for 1% ownership and he's poorly projected. So basically you're dropping, you know, seven points in projection and 30 points in ownership. And that's your lineup. but it's only different by one player. Well, that will happen a lot. If you leave your player pool open to everything. Right. You take a look on this slate or something, it's like, oh, i will be all the chalk and then there'll be Dalen Orton or Tucker in there who projects for garbage. Not very good. So to prevent some of those types of lineups from coming up, I'd rather just uh, eliminate players under a certain projection, under a certain smash percentage or something. Just so I don't accidentally go those types of lineups because I may not be paying attention enough to do so. So I'm not choosing players. I'm just eliminating the ones that I don't want lineups to contain any of these guys, right? Now, obviously, on a two-game slate, you don't have that much. I mean, you're include guys that are poorly projected because there's only so many players. But on a large slate, like, I would go through. I'd go through here, here. So I would go exclude it, let's say. Let's exclude everyone. <coughs> and let's pretend it's a larger slate, okay? Like I said, on a two-game slate, you're going to have to play players that you don't you don't necessarily agree with. Like, look at that. These are the players that are ex- ex- excluded. So I'm going to bring players back in. So I'm going to go, based on these projections, like maybe I don't play Danny Green or Isaiah Joe or Charlie Brown. I mean, look how poor these are. You got Andre Drummond here, right? So I'm going to bring in everyone, even, even George Niang. And maybe I don't. Maybe I cut off the line from there. So I get rid of those guys. Can I go to the Lakers, right? Do I want to play Avery Bradley? Do I want to play Stanley Johnson? Do I want to play Taylor Horton Tucker? Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to get this far down. Maybe I don't mind playing Avery Bradley, but not Stanley Johnson. Maybe that's too low for me. So I add and then back and go, okay. So I don't get a lineup that is all the chalk except for one Stanley Johnson's in there. So I take an eight-point hit. But the lineup itself is extremely chalk just with one guy. Those lineups are much harder to win. I'd rather have four v. fours. I'd rather have much different lineups that have a similar ownership sum or product. Then one where it's like I'm playing all sixty percent on players, and then one one percent on guy. Because the only way you win with those lineups is if the one percent on guy goes off of forty points. If he does, if he only puts up a just a normal amount of points, you, you're probably not winning because the rest of your lineup is so much duplicated with the field. So I go to Minnesota. I go, okay, where's my line here? Do I want to play Jalen Noel? Do I want to play Naz Reed on this slate? Maybe I do on this slate. So I go down. I include that, but I leave off Prince, Beasley, and McDaniels. Here, I want to play Bielitsa for 15 minutes. Maybe I don't. Maybe I go back and I go, I don't even want to play some of the players that I already put in. Right? I look at the all. Maybe maybe, maybe my line is I don't want to play players that aren't projected for at least 20, 20, 20 minutes. Right? So 12-minute Naz Reed. maybe I get rid of him. Maybe I get rid of Howard. Maybe I get rid of Noel or something, right? Whatever you want to do. Maybe I don't play Drummond, right? Right, get rid of that. And then go, okay, now here are the players I don't mind in my lineups. And then you build lineups from there. So I'm not picking players to add. I'm just eliminating the ones where I'm building 150 lineups. And then I have like a, a one lineup that has like some guy that projects for nine points lower than everything. But the rest of the lineup looks good. It's like, I don't want to play that guy. Like, I don't want to have that type of lineup. So it's easier to just exclude those guys. Like maybe Avery Bradley, maybe there's some cutoff point. Maybe you're playing a small field, single entry GPP. Maybe you don't need these guys at the bottom, right? You'll never be giving up this much rejection. So maybe to make sure that you don't get those lineups, you just exclude them. You just go, okay, I'm I'm, I'm not going to play Carmelo Anthony. I'm not going to, I'm going to cut it off here. Maybe I turn like these 0% smash guys. I Clay Thompson, screw him. Maybe I get rid of Westbrook. Maybe I get rid of Anthony Edwards, LeBron James. I take a look at this. I go, maybe I get rid of Avery Bradley and go, okay. This is much better for a single entry smaller field. Maybe I don't even play these guys. Nang. Right. I I get rid of Nang. I get rid of Pool. I get rid of Monk and go, okay. Maybe I don't even play Furkan, and or there. I get rid of those guys. Maybe get rid of Russell, right? And then it's like, okay, I just want to make. Make a lineup based on these guys. Do whatever you want. But obviously, having this player pool of just this is going to be a very chalky lineup. Right? So just take a look. You're playing only like the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, top 10 projected players. I don't even know if you could fit these guys into one lineup. It's gonna be a very chalky lineup. So most likely, you're not playing a lineup, but just these players for a large field GPP. Or for a small field, maybe you are. And you want to make it so that you don't accidentally get some guy that's you know poorly projecting. You're like, why is he in the line? Daniel Hutchins says even on a two game slate, large field GPP, there are some players not worth playing in the NBA. Yeah, but and and he Daniel correctly says uh, in in MLB anyone with a positive projection can be played, right? Only because in MLB like one swing, could, fourteen points, solo home run, right? NBA a guy that's you know eight minutes. What's the best case scenario for that guy? The games a blow He comes in at the end and he plays 18 minutes and hope. And in the 18 minutes, he still has to get like 30 fantasy points. So a lot of times you're just getting rid of those guys. They get, them, they get there once in an in a 82 game season. Maybe today's the day, but a lot of times you just get rid of those guys. And a lot of times if you're playing a lineup with like seven shot guys and one like 1% on guy, that lineup's going to be duped as, as well. So I, like w- when, when I cut down my player pool, it's not a matter of those are the players that I like. It's more of a matter of what types of lineups am I building and what players will never make those types of lineups. So since they'll never make those types of lineups, I just remove them from the pool so I, do, so I don't have to babysit myself. So I build 100 lineups and I go, why am I getting three lineups with this guy? Probably for a reason, because of an ownership projection thing. But then I take a look at the lineup, and it ends up being the the, the four chalkiest players on the slate. Everyone's over twenty plus percent owned, except for that one guy that's one percent owned. And I go, I don't, I don't want to play these types of lineups. So basically, you're saying I need, I want all the chalk to smash, so that cash line is going the the winning line is going to be really high in the GPP. And that the only way that I could win is if the Chalks matches and this one guy puts up more points than 20 other players at his position and price significantly enough where that 1% matters. If that's the case. Just, just bet on a prop or something. Or take that guy and go, go to the DK Sportsbook, go to BetMGM, right? Use the promo code GRINDERSBET. Do you deposit there? And bet on the prop if they have a prop or something. Bet 100 bucks on it. Like, let's, let's see if you can even bet 100 bucks on it. I'd much rather have in GPPs 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s than 1v1s. In large field GPPs. Okay. So I think we answered some stuff. Alexante says the, the parlay props. Okay. You can do that also. SGPs. Yeah. You know me. SGP. Okay. So, like I said, no show tomorrow. There is no show. No show tomorrow. Someone's going to DM me. It always happens. Someone's going to mention, someone that watches every day is going to mention, oh, where's the 1105? Where's the show? It always happens. Even though I say it in the beginning, I say at the end, there's no show tomorrow. You don't see, if there's no thumbnail, there's no nothing on YouTube. You don't see, oh, where to go. That that means there's no show. But if you want to join the Zoom tonight, join the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Join the Blenders Game Theory channel. I post the link five minutes before. So you join the Zoom, 8 p.m. tonight, right? So you, you, it'll be right in between the games, right? So basketball game, 7.30, 8 o'clock, Zoom. It'll be over by the time you could uh, switch out Patrick Beverly from your lineups, possibly. And there you go. So join us. If you're not part of the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. That'll take you right there. You have to be a Rotogrinders premium subscriber. You get that roadogrinders.com slash premium. Click on the link in the description of this video or podcast if you're listening. Click on that link. Get $10 off your first month. And uh in here. Yeah, so hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs, give me the thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs. Uh hit the, the notification bell to know when we go live. We got grinders live later today, even for this two game slate. Crunch time for premium members. And, uh, and I, there's no show tomorrow. Remember, no show tomorrow. But I'll see you back on Monday. Answering your DFS strategy questions, as always, on the DFS pregame show, on rotogrinders.com.